When tragedy strikes a family, you never know how to feel. All of the emotions come barreling back into your head, and all of the memories you had forgotten comes flooding back to you all at once. That's life, though. It's brutal. Welcome back to Sarah's Stew. My name is Sarah, but for the last 30 years, everyone that's known me has known me as Autumn. I'm the oldest girl out of six children. I was told my name was Autumn because I was born in the fall. My birthday's in November, not really much to that. I thought I was kind of special too because I was the only child that had curly hair. I had ringlets. My parents used to say when I was little I looked a lot like Shirley Temple. When I was a little girl, my older brother would go around calling me TJ Sparkles because he said I was beautiful like her. Little to my knowledge, I'm almost 32 years old and I just found out a few years ago that the doll who he was calling TJ is actually named PJ Sparkles. P is in Polly, and if you know who I'm talking about, you'll get a little kick out of that too. Instead though, I acquired the nickname TJ for a long time. Everyone called me TJ. I liked it. And while one day, in my kindergarten class, for some off-the-wall reason, I decided to take my yellow crayon, hide underneath the table, take my jacket sleeve to make it to where my teacher couldn't see me, and I attempted to draw TJ Sparkles in yellow crayon on the carpet. Can you believe that? Unfortunately, I didn't get away with it. I had to stay after school and clean it off the carpet by myself. I can tell you one thing, though. I did learn my lesson that day, because I never did that again. <laughs> this is the story of my life. Up until in second grade, I was just a carefree little girl with nothing on my mind but going home to play with my brothers and sisters and tell my mom and dad about my day. I loved my family. We didn't have it all together, but together we had it all. That is until one day, I was sitting in my second grade class and it was called for recess. Like any day, I either played with two friends. I'd play with my friend who lived next door to me or I'd hang out with my other friend who our families knew each other growing up, all family friends. Except I didn't know something about my family that one of those friends knew that day. When I ran over to the metal dome to climb on top of it with my friend, I always felt like I was on top of the world when I would go sit up there. We were just carrying on a normal conversation. But then a question popped up. She asked in such a confused voice, Did you know that you have another daddy? Of course, we were both like nine or ten. I mentioned it again because we were both certainly very confused. I asked her how she knew that. She said my real daddy was friends with her daddy. Still not really catching on. I sat quiet after that. Didn't really know how to feel going through class the rest of the day. And I remember it like it was basically yesterday. She didn't know that I had no clue about this other daddy she was talking about. 
She didn't mean to absolutely turn my world upside down. She was just asking a question, and I was there to hear it. It was just two best friends sitting on some monkey bars when I found out about my biological father. I believe I should have heard it from someone else other than her. Ever since that day, I've always felt left out because I wasn't truly a brown. Brown was my maiden name. Turns out, I had even had a different birth certificate other than the one I knew about. And I had a different birth name. At least that's what my mom and dad told me after I got home from school that day. None of the other siblings knew about the conversation I had with None of my other siblings knew about the conversation I had with my mom and dad that day. So we just went on about ourselves and hoped to forget about it, I guess. At least that's what I thought. About two weeks later, my brother and I were playing out in our basketball court that we had dug out, when all of a sudden a strange red car pulls up to where we were standing. A man and a woman gets out, people I've never met before in our lives. And although my older brother had acted like he knew him, so that had struck me as a surprise. I saw my brother come rushing out of the house to meet them, so we all walked up to them together. As they were saying their hellos and introducing themselves as John and Nancy, John proceeded to inform me that he was in fact my father. It didn't really sink in that day when my friend had asked me that question, and it didn't quite fully sink in when I was asking my parents about it either. But now it was sunk. He was here. He was here in the flesh. And his name was John. And as it turned out, my birth name was Sarah Estelle Raimundo Wagoner. But the name I was growing up with was Autumn Estelle Brown. See the difference? It was a complete mystery. And the truth was meant to be hidden. I got to see my birth certificate and even my baby birth baby book. The reason I hadn't even gotten to see the book yet is because mom had wrote John down as my father in it. I guess they were going to try to keep it from me as long as they could. Believe it or not, but I was one shocked little girl that day he decided to come so I could meet him. I couldn't wait for him and his wife to leave. Of course they just wanted to make sure I was happy and that I felt content with everything, but I definitely wasn't. But I didn't show it. Unfortunately, there it was. My brothers and sisters, who were old enough to communicate, knew. They knew that Dad wasn't my real dad. Which means my brother George isn't a brown either. He was four years older. He never said anything about this to me. But then I thought he had to have been four when our father took himself out of the picture. So how could he rem remember him either? John hadn't seen George in eight years. I wondered if he ever missed us. That night he came to visit us. We ate dinner. Then shortly after, him and his wife went on their way back home to their home in Kentucky. Did that mean I was from Kentucky? I questioned in my head. The story behind that was, John and my mom had gotten married when she was 16 and he was 19. 
They got hitched in Florida and even got on a cruise ship for their honeymoon. This was before she even had George, my older brother. Only a few years after being married, they had their first son, my brother. They were apparently really happy. George would come home George would come rushing over to the front door as his dad would come home from work. I don't remember any of this because I wasn't there. But about the do- time that George turned 3, John had had a working had He had a job working at the new prison down by the river. They thought enough to tell me one day later on in life that I was conceived in a jail cell in that prison. Wonderful, right? They decided to keep all of that truth from me, but they didn't hold back the fact that I was conceived in a jail cell. Mom had brought him some lunch for one day when they ended up going into a bunk. I did, however, find out that my great-grandfather on my mom's side had passed away that same year, November 10, 1988. I never got to meet him. His name was Jorge Romando. He had a much longer name due to him being one of the last relatives to live on the Philippine Islands. Exactly one year after his death, on the day, a little girl was born. I weighed five pounds and nine ounces, and my name was Sarah. Everything turned out fine after birth, and I was able to come home to my life in Weaverville, off of Kennedy Road. John apparently escaped our family when I was only seven months old. So, yeah, I don't remember a stitch about him. I was only ten years old when I was devastated by the news that my daddy wasn't my real daddy. When I found out about where we even lived when I was born in Weaverville, it absolute everything was, it just took me a surprise, like I don't even know how to come up with the words, because I feel like that was a me that I read about, basically. Because my home was in Barnardsville, with my brothers and sisters and my mom and dad. How is it that some man that can, can just come into your life and claim to be your real father? I didn't think much of him for years after his first appearance. And I didn't see him again until it was my next birthday. He had bought me one of those popular mud purses. M-U-D-D. That was the thing whenever I was that age. That all the girls used to wear in school. We had fun. But he didn't stay very long, of course, just like the first time, and just like the first time in my life, right? I wondered why he would drive all the way from Kentucky just to stay for a few hours. My family and me seemed to get along with him better this time. He didn't bring his new wife with him. The day went on, and we had cake and ice cream. We even had a food fight to where ice cream and whipped topping went everywhere. But after he decided to leave, he told me he was going to come visit me again really soon and told George the same thing. This was the second time I'd ever seen my father. I still felt the same way the first time he left.
I wasn't upset to see him go. My father was never mentioned much while he was away. Despite how nice he was when he was here visiting us, he never showed any interest to see us again until my brother was about 14. I mean, 17, I'm sorry. I guess that makes me about 13 years old because four, George is four years older than me. That's where life took a drastic turn for the worse. There's a lot of teenagers out there that sometimes have an attitude problem. Every one of them does. I know I did. Always thinks, wait, that they know everything, right? <laughs> Believe me, I was one too. We were all there. There will always be there's those teenagers. That is life. But somehow, though, this time seemed a whole lot different. George and my dad, technically my stepdad at this point, would get into fights. I don't remember much because of all the other kids would go hide outside of, outside in our rooms. We never really knew who was doing the instigating. George attended a high school and my parents were informed that one day they had suspected Dad was beating up on George. They didn't really investigate it at all, but that was the reason why John pulled up to their house at night in his tractor trailer one night. He was there to pick up George and take him back to Kentucky to live with him. Mom and Dad had had enough. None of us kids ever understood, not even me. They didn't even explain anything to me of why he was leaving. After that though, things didn't quite get better. They just got more quiet. I wasn't even allowed to attend my following year of high school there with all my childhood friends. We moved school districts and everything. I had to enroll an entire district away as the new kid at school. And back then, none of us had cell phones. None of us had social media. So none of my friends knew what happened to me. It's like I completely disappeared and had to start a new life once again. My parents owned a sign shop in Woodfin, though, by that time. So we were able to use the shop address as our home address to be able to qualify to go there. We had to be on one of their bus routes. It was the summer of 2003, between my 8th grade year and my high school freshman year. I had hoped and planned to follow with my fellow students and friends to the high school that they were attending, but my hopes got shut down real quick. Mom and Dad decided it would be best if we just transferred districts. We'd have to wake up early to get ready for school and would ride the bus 131 as long as we made it to the shop in Woodfin before 7.20 a.m. When school was finished for the day, we would ride that same bus back to the shop. We would get off the school bus, walk across the shopping center parking lot, and we would usually finish our homework there. I liked to help my mom and dad with the work they needed help with in science because I loved to learn. We all got to meet a lot of really awesome people on our journey of owning a business. One person in, in general was a used car salesman. His name was David. He was the one that helped my parents out by giving us a loan through him 
to be able to purchase our family's SUV. And get this, our SUV was a limo. I kid you not, a limo. The limo was at a great price of $4,000. David had given us the money and then just financed it to us. That limo was great. We would love to go riding down the road in it no matter if it was at the gas station or on vacation. People looked at us like we, as we were passing by like we were royalty been, when by all means we were not. <laughs> it was just a vehicle that was big and comfortable to fit all eight of us. We used to get stopped by police a lot too. The officers always acted like my parents were doing something wrong. While we were vacation in Fontana again, after they purchased it, there were a couple of cars that pulled up to our campsite one night. The two wardens got out of their vehicles, came up to my parents asking a whole lot of questions, and then the two men apologized for the inconvenience, but were curious about our limo and for the reason for being at that campground that night, when all we were doing was just spending the weekend there as a family. They told our family that they had never had a limo come to stay on their campground before, and it was just a precaution to check up on us. Needless to say, we never took that limo back there after that. My mom bought the limo from a funeral home. And I'm about to tell you about a story that happened to me that same summer. It really has nothing to do with the limo, but I just decided to tell you that quick little story as well. Again, this is my story, and I'm going to tell it like I tell it I guess <laughs> we went on two vacations that summer we also decided to go to Lake Kiwi other than Fontana the reason being was that we were having to do a boat decal for the David that I was just previously talking about mom and dad told us that it was too big of a boat to haul here so we have to travel there to do it the best part was he actually let me and my family stay on this huge houseboat for that entire weekend. It was a houseboat, guys. We got to have dinner on top of the roof and jump off the roof into the lake. It was so awesome. There were three bedrooms in it, along with a full-size kitchen, a living room, and a bathroom. It was the biggest boat at the docks. The absolute coolest part was that he also had a speedboat one of the fastest ones around. He'd have a raft on the back with a rope and, tie and pull us around the lake and that was probably the most fun times I can remember as a child. He took us out on the houseboat and in the speedboat on the lake. It was beautiful. On top of that boat it was probably a good 10 feet off the top of the water. When he brought us out to the middle of the lake the big kids, including myself, climbed to the very edge of the top of the boat, and if we weren't scared, we would jump off. I had so much fun doing that. And as we were headed back to the marina, because it started to get late, we were all getting ready for bed. There was just five of the children, including me. George was already in Kentucky with our father by the time we took this vacation. All five of us started begging our parents. Please let us sleep on the speedboat tonight, please. We had to go ask David, since he was the owner of the boats. <laughs> David had one of his granddaughters and his wife Jan come with him during this trip. 
His granddaughter was around our age. She as well wanted to stay on the speedboat with us. The parental units finally agreed to letting us sleep on the speedboat that night, and we were super excited. My parents had told us that if we wanted to sleep there, they were going to camp out on the front porch of the houseboat so they could watch after us in case anything happened. Little to everyone's and anyone's, and including my knowledge, across from the marina, about 300 yards away, they were having a motorcycle rally. They started really late, too, while all of us were getting just to sleep. It also started pouring rain that night. Good thing, though, the marina was co completely covering both boats, so we weren't getting wet. But here's the shocker that shocked everyone, including myself. I was the oldest one of the children staying on the speedboat, so I decided to sleep on the back of it, so I would be able to hear, too, if anything had went wrong. But something did go wrong. I used to be the world's worst for sleepwalking. Somehow, I survived that night. At first, when I awoke, I thought I had had to use the bathroom. It looked to me like the boat was filling up with water, but my brain was in a fog, and all of my siblings were on the floor. I can't quite explain too well what I saw because I was technically asleep. I then proceeded with walking right off the back of the boat. I wasn't screaming or even trying to swim. I was holding on to the blanket I had wrapped around myself, and it was keeping me afloat. I didn't wake up until I was being pushed over to the edge of the dock, with David standing there waiting to help me. I didn't understand why I was wet. Why were my parents in the water? All this time, though, my siblings had stayed asleep. There was no water filling up in the boat. Along with the rally and the thunderstorm going on, my, one, my mom... She wondered how she knew to just wake up and jump in the water, especially if I wasn't screaming. When she woke up, she leaned over to my dad and said one of our kids had just jumped in the water. Dad told her she was being paranoid, and all of a sudden my mom jumps in after me. She told me while she was trying to hold me up before I drowned that she thought there were snakes in the water when in turn it was just my blanket coming undone from around me. When my dad had heard my mom jump in, he immediately arose and jumped in after her. He pushed. He was the one that pushed me over to the dock, and then helped mom up on the speedboat so they could check on the others. That's when David came running out in his pajamas and asked, What are y'all doing swimming this time of night? And he helped me out of the water. My parents let other siblings keep sleeping, but they brought me inside to sleep in the living room of the house with the front and back doors locked. I was so confused. I just know the details because that, that's what my parents told me. It was a very scary eye-opening next day when the sun began to rise in the sky. <clears throat> my parents and I woke up. I walked around the marina, already knowing what had happened, out of, but out of curiosity. I wondered if I, if I was sleeping at the back of the boat closest to the other side of the marina. I wonder if I would have slept walk off the other side, and then no one wouldn't have heard me at all, and I would have drowned. And of course it was quiet that day, that day, especially on the way home. I had a close call. We all did. 
My dad had told me while he was rummaging through the limo trunk at Ingalls, once we finally made it back to home, that he wouldn't know what to do if he had lost his A.B., which were also my initials. And that's where my lifelong nickname came from. A.B. As in the alphabet. That's my first chapter of my story. And my thoughts on it all, I'm still confused. And I'm still sad. But just yesterday, I went for a haircut and decided to start finding myself in myself. This past Sunday, we just went hiking for the first time, me and my husband and my son. We just went hiking for the first time in eight years, and it felt wonderful. And I was 2.7 seconds away from jumping off of a rock into that ice-cold water on the parkway, but I decided not to because I didn't bring a change of clothes. But the fact is, I'm trying to find myself and revealing what has hurt me is the first step to healing and that's what I hope to do with this new journey that I'm on and I hope that you take this journey with me and listen to the rest of my story because that's just the very very beginning of it and just know that if you're going through struggles in life you gotta look deep within yourself and find what makes you happy and when it comes to truths being hidden like it was for me I still don't have an answer for that but I do know that I'm going to start becoming a Sarah again even though I've lived 30 years as an autumn something's always not felt right within myself and to me my start of that is going to be my name the name that I was born with Sarah Estelle Raimundo Wagoner thank you until next time, have a very peaceful day. Enjoy it while it's here.